Welcome to Alzheimer's Speaks Radio. I'm your host, Lori LeBay, and I'm so excited that you're joining us today. We are going to have a fascinating conversation, as usual, as we learn from people all around the world at all ages and stages of life. Stay tuned as we shift our dementia care from crisis to comfort. Here we go. What you think about Well, hi, everyone, and welcome to Alzheimer's Speaks Radio. I'm thrilled you can join us today. Um, For those of you that are new, Alzheimer's Speaks was started because my own mother lived with dementia for 30 years, and I love doing these open mics uh, so that we can hear from people all around the world what's going on in in their world of dementia. So uh, people who are diagnosed, family members, um, researchers, Um, advocates, all different types of businesses, authors, people that do support groups, everyone is welcome to call in. And I can see we've got quite a few people on the line today. So that is wonderful. I do want to give a shout out to the Mark Arneson Band for allowing us to use their um, opening music uh, called Clearing Call, which you can download on any of your favorite music platforms. And I also want to give a shout out to a few presentations that I've got coming up. Um, that you might be interested in. One is October 31st, and that is going to be from 1 to 3 if you're in the area of Minnetonka, Minnesota. We will be doing a screening of the film A Timeless Love, which is absolutely incredible, and then doing a talk back. That is um, free, and you can go ahead and get a hold of the Dementia Friends Minnetonka to sign up for that you can call 952-939-8393. And then also coming up on November 11th, I'll be doing kind of a a quick uh, Q&A for about an hour at 11 a.m. Eastern time with Volunteering for Seniors. And that's going to be a free virtual webinar And um, all of these, you can go to our website, alzheimerspeaks.com, and get uh, details on on how to sign up for these in our uh, free uh, education section. And uh, there's one specifically for public events. And then coming up on December 8th, I'll be doing an in-person program for Artist Senior Living of Woodbury. And that's going to be about family gatherings, events, and travel. And how do you replace difficult times with joy? Um, That can always be a tricky, tricky uh, spot for people. We are going to hear from the foot bar walker, and then we're going to come right back and get some of these people online and hear what is going on in their world and how they're making a difference or how they'd like the world to make a difference uh, to meet the needs. I love the foot bar walker, and let me tell you why. It is the option for my toolbox that I've been waiting for. Let's be honest. There are some clients who, despite our best rehab efforts, just aren't able to return to performing a sit-to-stand transfer on their own. 
Now I can offer my caregivers an easier, safer option that doesn't involve hoisting their loved one up from a sitting position. I don't recommend this walker for all of my clients, but I do recommend this walker for those caregivers looking for an easier, safer option with transfers. I would also encourage other therapists to add this walker to their toolbox. It's kind of like having my own mobile parallel bars for the client to pull up on. Whether it's a family caregiver at home helping a loved one with Parkinson's or dementia, CNAs in a long-term care facility assisting their patients, or therapists adapting to client and caregiver-specific needs, we now have a very safe and effective option to offer in the Footbar Walker. Check this product out at thefootbarwalker.com. That's it for today from Adaptive Equipment and Caregiving Corner. Have a great day, and don't forget, if you can't do it, adapt it. Well, welcome back, everyone. It is open mic, so feel free to call in. That number is 323-870-4602. That's 323-870-4602. And please be patient on the line. We'll pull you in one at a time here. And I know one person is online, and I know their name because we were talking before the show started. So welcome, Bill. How are you doing today? I'm doing okay. Um, I um, just finished getting my new booster shot from Moderna for COVID, so I'll be okay for the next five months, they tell me. We'll see what happens. I'm up here in Montreal, Canada. We don't have the Pfizer one hasn't been approved uh, by the government yet, the new Pfizer one. Uh, Bill, do you want to give people a little background on yourself? Sure. Um, I guess I, this all started, I guess, a couple of years ago. Uh, I started off with a stroke. Uh, I woke up one morning and uh, I didn't think I had a stroke. I was kind of numb and like I was sitting on my leg or something, but it was my whole body. And I went to the hospital and they brought me in and I, ended up, I apparently had three strokes. Uh, they sent me to a rehab place and I was working out fine, except uh, we're noticing that my memory doesn't seem to be working. And uh, so the occupational therapist gave me a, a MOCA test. And she said, uh, yeah, you definitely have a problem with your memory, um, which is not. Been going to neurologists. I went on the usual trip that most people do. It takes about three neurologists until you find one that has a clue. And now I'm lucky enough to find one of those, one of the top guys in the world. Actually, uh, he's the guy who wrote the co-author of the yesterday's uh, AD, ADI uh, World Alzheimer's Report. He's up here in Montreal at McGill. So he's my neurologist. He's a researcher and a PhD. He's a doctor and a PhD. Which is the appointments are not five minutes. He wants mm-hmm. you to talk. He wants to know as much as because he's a researcher. So that's going well. Um, I'm on. Uh, I started off with Aricept. That's the name of the pill. Uh, then mm-hmm. I got the patch, Exelon, I think it's called. And now I'm on Galantamine um, for the cognitive part. Whether it's working or not, I don't know. <laughs> I guess it is. <laughs> it's slowing okay. down my cognitive decline. How the hell would I know? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So, well, and Bill, you've like also that, been. You've also been on our dementia and arts program. 
where you yeah. you shared some of your artwork with us, which was really interesting. So if you if you aren't familiar uh, with that, you can go to alzheimerspeaks.com. Again, go to those free yeah. educational resources and go yeah. to the, the arts and dementia page. Um, and you'll be able to see Bill's work there. He's He's got some yeah. really powerful pieces. Um, mm-hmm. Was there anything specific you wanted to talk about today on the radio show? Uh, nothing specific. I think my latest uh, <laughs> list of fun things that are happening in my life is about a year ago, I started developing, um, I guess so shaking and things like that, and walking gait. And now I'm on uh, Levodopa. Uh, Parkinson, Parkinsonism, or Parkinson's, or whatever they call it. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, once again, is that working? I guess it is. Uh, how would you know? You don't have a twin brother that's that's normal that you compare it to. So, <laughs> I'm, so I'm I'm taking the thing for my cognitive decline, which is the um, galantamine, and now the levodopa for the uh, Parkinson's. Okay. So it's, a, it's the way I look at it. It's all the journey, and uh, you know, it's like being on an airplane. You don't like the food, well, tough luck. You're on the airplane, so just enjoy yourself as much yep. as you can. That's the way I look at it. Yeah, that's a that's a good philosophy. I'm gonna keep you on hold here if you don't mind, and I'm gonna pull yep. in a couple of no. other people and talk with them too, and I might come back to you. All right? Okay. okay. Sounds good. I am gonna go to somebody with the. Uh, and the number of 5828, 5828, you are live and on Alzheimer's Speaks Radio. Do you want to state your name? Hi, Lori. My name is Sue Ryan. Well, hi, Sue. How the heck are you? <laughs> I'm doing great. It's so wonderful to be talking with you. Oh, it's great to talk with you, too. Tell us what you're up to, Sue. Lori, I'm really excited. As you know, and some people may know, I'm in about my 40th year of being a non-professional caregiver for family and loved ones, and I am so passionate, as you are, about giving back that I've created a couple of things based on my life experience. Uh, I, I took the book that I had written, the, Our Journey of Love, Five Steps to Navigate Your Caregiving Journey, and Lori, I expanded that to cover the entire caregiving journey. So I've created wow. a, a program called The Caregiver's Journey. Well, that's and an appropriate title. It is an appropriate title. I go through the five phases of the journey from before it begins, you know, like you're seeing it on the horizon, or when there's all of a sudden a diagnosis, and I call that the caregiver's primer. And then because so much, as you well know, so much of the journey is how well we understand ourselves and how we deal with stress. I call it the care, the, the journey begins with me. So we learn about our, ourselves and we understand how to navigate with ourselves. And then I go through kind of the, that messy middle of the day in and day out when we're navigating the caregiving journey. And the fourth phase kind of runs through the entire journey called the grace of grief. that talks about the emotion of grief and how to process it so we don't get stuck in it. And then moving forward so that we know how to kind of recreate our lives after our loved one has passed, our journey has ended, and we've dealt, we've been dealing with our grief. Wow, that's a wonderful. Now, for those of you who have not read her book, it is fabulous. You have such a oh, a great voice, um, and you you write really well. And talk about a compassionate heart. Um, how would how would people sign up for for your classes? 
So, yeah, well, and speaking of classes, that's what I created. So one mm-hmm. of the things I did, I have a program that I can take into to, to, uh, to companies and all, but then I also created the uh, the online course and uh, uh, for it. Let me give you a, a link. I, I guess maybe should I, what, read the link, or is there, a, yeah. is there another way of doing that? Okay. Yeah, read, read the link. That would be great. All right, I will, uh, I'll pull up the link, and while I'm pulling the link up, what I'll share is I also have another program I created because I have a, a professional background in with business, and so it impacts us in business. So I created a program called Leadership Cares, and the cares is caregiving, awareness, resources, empowerment, and solutions. What I've done with that is it's something where we can take it into businesses because many caregivers are having challenges staying employed because they've got to take time off and things like that. And and so what I did is I created that program that I'm now taking into uh, to businesses to help them so they can learn how to support their caregivers in their journey and understand how to help caregivers not have to leave the workforce. Gosh, if you can take that fear out of that employee of losing their job. I, I, I hear that all the time. I don't want them to know because they're afraid they're going to get booted and lose their benefits. And and that just adds so much more stress to what they're already dealing with. And as we all know, stress is not good for a person with dementia, but it's not good for the rest of us either. And oh, my we've, we've got to do better. And employees are, you know, they're short-staffed, but yet they're still cracking the whip out of expectations out there in, in what they want. And I think your programs, it's perfect timing because people are screaming for, you know, flexibility and education um, and support for their whole life. And so what a nice fit. Um, well, thank you. You know, I interviewed so many employees and I've talked to so many business leaders and you know, one of the things, it costs so much for a company to hire a new employee. Mm-hmm. And many employees said they really didn't want people to know they were in roles of caregiving because they were afraid that they would be let go. They were afraid that they wouldn't be given other positions and things like that. And so there's so much extra stress on them. You know, Lori, what I realized, what I, what I think the better thing to do for my course um, so that people don't accidentally write something down incorrectly. Let me just give you my email address. Is that okay? Oh, sure, sure, that works. And then I can send them the link. My email okay. address is is sue s u e at mm-hmm. dot solutions. So it's s u e at s u e r y a n dot s o l u t i o n s. And here's the other thing with that, Lori, is I. As you, you know, just like you, we're so passionate about giving back. I've got over 150 lessons and worksheets and guidance tips and things in there, and I'm only asking for an investment of $129 because I don't want any caregiver not to be able to navigate their journey. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's, so what, I, that's, I made that's a lot of information for that price. For sure. Now, do you do like individual consultations and stuff too, or I know some I absolutely people do. Yes, mm-hmm. I absolutely do. I do individual coaching. I do group coaching. I take it into organizations, and and just share with with people on on a variety of platforms. I'm a passionate speaker and a frequent speaker, 
as well as a coach. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Well, that's fantastic. Now, is your website then SueRyan.Solutions? It sure is. And there okay. is on uh, on my uh, media page, there's a way that they can also sign up if they're interested. Okay. And are you on, like, Facebook and, you know, the different social medias yep. and stuff, too? Everybody connects is different. And, um, and, and what is your take there? Because I know sometimes things are taken. And so people end up with a different name, or is it is it Sue Ryan Solutions oh, you know for what? all of them? That's really let me <laughs> let me pull myself up on Facebook and I'll and I'll tell you. I yeah, hard to keep right. track. Yeah. I get it. <laughs> yeah, my, and then you oh, actually on, on Facebook I'm Sue Ryan, but on LinkedIn I think I'm Sue Armstrong Ryan because Sue Ryan there were like 150 of them before. I'm. I am. Uh, I come up under Sue Ryan, and I'm Sue Armstrong Ryan on my link. Okay. Okay. Well, wonderful. Well, I really appreciate you calling in. It's so nice to hear your voice. It's been a while since we've touched base, and I I love um, hearing that you're still in this space and still working and uh, to make the world a better place and and things. Can I ask how's your husband doing? Oh, bless you. And, and you know, most importantly, I want to thank you very much for all you doing and continuing to do. My husband, Jack, is resting comfortably. He's under hospice care. And, you know, we're so blessed that in his journey, um, we're able to give him medications to keep him from being uncomfortable and until <laughs> God's ready for him. Uh, so you I know, can you still have... get a cute little smile out of him. I can still hold it. We still hold hands and I can get a smile out of him. I still remember you sharing that picture during COVID where he was holding a picture um, and I can't remember if it said hi honey or whatever on it, but he just had this huge smile and this little glint in his eye. And it's, you know, you, you have such an attitude of gratitude um, in moving forward and just really putting love first. And I, I, I just really honor you for doing that. Um, it, it oh, really bless you. Yeah. And yesterday it was like world gratitude day. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it, his sign said, hi, Sue, I love you, because uh, mm-hmm. during the pandemic, we were separated for about 11 months. Yeah, yep, like so many, like so many. Like were. so many, yeah, so many people, yeah, absolutely. Well, thank yeah. you Well, thank you so much, it's wonderful to hear your voice, and thank you again for all you're doing, and I'll, I'll listen to what others are sharing as well. Okay. Sounds good. And again, you can reach Sue by email at sue at sueryan.solutions, or you can go right to her website, uh, sueryan.solutions. Let's see who else. We've got somebody on the line from a 4588 number. 4588, you are live and on the air. Do you mind sharing your name? Hi, it's Rena Yukowski. How are you? Oh, I'm doing good. How are you doing, Rena? I'm great. Thank you. Thanks. It's so nice to be with you live. Yeah. What What would you like our audience to know? So I would love to share a little bit about what I'm doing, and we had a nice talk a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love to share. So I'm a, a geriatric social worker and memory coach, and I help people over 50 that are worried about their memory um, I help them improve their memory with my memory improvement courses that are online and one-on-one memory coaching. And I have, a, I have master classes and memberships, all sorts of fun stuff. 
um, to improve your memory. And this is really good for caregivers who find themselves spending a lot of time around people with dementia, and sometimes they wonder about their own memory, and they get scared about their own memory. Um, and I really understand this, and they are not alone. Um, this is really a normal fear. And I try to help them through that by just empowering and really giving us the tools to believe in our memory and so we can age sharper, keep, you know, keep mm-hmm. our minds sharp as we age. Um, that's, oh, that's in a nutshell. <laughs> well, and what's your website called? My Do website is my name. The... So it's mm-hmm. RenaYudkowski.com. I'll spell that. It's R-E-N-A-Y-U-D-K-O-W-S-K-Y.com. Rena Yudkowski. And my business is called Memory Matters. Memory Matters. I love that name. I think that is absolutely fantastic. Well, I'm so glad that you you called in today to share that with us. I know we had a couple of other people on the line here that dropped off, but, um, you know, did you do anything special for, you know, this month is World Alzheimer's Month and yesterday was World Alzheimer's Day. Did you do anything to to celebrate that or, or raise a little extra awareness on those days? So I actually, not not specifically on those days, but I did do a very big webinar for um, a group of seniors that are based in New York, um, but it's a program that is for seniors all over the world, and we did a whole program on how to remember names, and we had, we had like 400 and something people registered for that webinar. Um, it was through a program called the OU Spirit um, program, which is for retired people, and um, it was just really fun to have so many people on and to really be able to really give good tips and techniques to help us remember a little better. Easy, easy stuff, nothing complicated. <laughs> well, that's uh, but that's good. also I've been very busy doing webinars for senior groups all over the world. Oh, that's fantastic. That's And, and I think yeah. that that's one of the fun things, too, is realizing, you know, this isn't something just set in a small area and we can get so many great insights and feedback and and just learn from people all over the yeah. world. It's uh it's yeah. pretty incredible. Yeah. You know what what all Yeah, I love it shared. when like Yeah, after that webinar they told me like the stats of who was on. They were like we had people from Mexico and Panama and um 25 states. It's like it's amazing how the world has just become smaller and all of us, you know, that want to help people can really reach so many more people in a, in, in a much simpler way. It's, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. I totally, totally agree. Um, anything else that you want to share with our audience? or um, Just I have this one really fun, easy program if people want to do brain exercises with me. So it's once a month, the first Monday of every month. It's called Monday Memory Motivation. And they can just hop on and do 45 minutes of brain exercises with me for very, very cheap. It's $12, no long-term commitment. And then they can get to meet me live. And it's usually a small group, so it's really fun and interactive. And every month we do a different type of brain exercise. So if anyone's like, wants to stimulate their brain but doesn't know how to, they can just hop on with me. And that's all on my website, um, all about that. So it's just a fun, easy way to connect with me. Well, that's yeah. neat. That's really cool yeah. to be able to yeah. uh, to do that, and it's it's a way to be able to test things out and stuff. Now, do you do um, you do coaching as well for in, individuals? I do. I do, I do one-on-one memory coaching, and I will work with people with dementia one-on-one. Uh, my group mm-hmm. programs 
are for really for people that um, do not have a diagnosis just because it's so much information. But if there's someone with a diagnosis of dementia, I'm happy to customize a, a cognitive stimulation program for them and work with them on Zoom. Um, so I'm happy to, you know, if anyone wants to reach out to me for that, I'm happy to talk to them. Okay. Well, that's fantastic. Yeah. That's wonderful, wonderful to hear. Well, I appreciate you calling in today and sharing yeah, your information thank you. with us. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so nice to talk to you again. Best yeah. of luck. Yeah, thanks. Um, if you are listening, again, feel free to call in. The number is 323-870-4602. That's 323-870-4602. And everyone is welcome. So if you're living with a diagnosis and want to share a little bit about your journey, um, or if you see a need out there that is not being met, maybe you have a new business or you've written a book, or, or maybe you want to give kudos to someone who who um, cared for you and supported you um, or a family member on this journey, and you want to give them a shout-out, that's okay, too. Uh, researchers, everybody is welcome. In fact, speaking of research, I just want to uh, mention, because Bill had mentioned that the World Alzheimer's uh, Report was out yesterday, and you can go to ALZ int.org that's for Alzheimer's Disease International um, ALZ and then int.org and you can actually download their report um, you can probably watch, watch the panel discussion too they usually have that um, on their site as well they are just a wealth of knowledge and um, you know, you can look back at past reports and stuff there uh, typically as well. So um, please feel free to check that out. I also want to give a shout out to a, a good friend and collaborator of mine, uh, Elon Caspi. He has worked with me on Dementia Chats, which are webinars that we do where we basically just facilitate a conversation with people living with dementia uh, because they are loaded with such great insights about the disease and what it's like and what their needs are. But he um, had, had written a book, and it was called Understanding and Preventing Harmful Interactions Between Residents, and, um, Residents with Dementia uh, by Health Pro Press. And he just received an award for the 31st Annual uh, National Mature Media Awards for his book. So kudos uh, to Elon. To he does just absolutely fantastic work, and I'm proud to call him not only a colleague but a friend. And then I also wanted to give a shout-out to, um, I don't know how many people know about Lorenzo's House, but this is just a fabulous, fabulous organization and, you know, it was started because a loved one uh, was living with, with early dementia. And they are starting their 100 Days of Light, which basically is a campaign for three months of fundraising. But they do a lot of stuff with our youth um, in terms of they have a, a camp. They do some different support groups. Um, they're looking at wanting to, to build a community that really is holistically based. And I am by... Uh, far not doing them justice, but you can always go to their their website. Just go to Lorenzo's house, and you'll be able to find um, information 
on that as well. Uh, what else? I am going to pull Bill back in here again. Let's see. Bill, you still there? Yep. You are. Now, if I'm not mistaken, you you listened to the report for uh, the World Alzheimer's Report from Alzheimer's Disease International yesterday. Yeah, am, am I... Yeah, there were, there were two of them. There was one extremely early in the morning because it was being hosted from England. Uh-huh. It was 1 o'clock here, and it was uh, 8 o'clock here. And then at noon, um, the because Montreal, the McGill Center for Aging, was the co-author, is the co-author of the ones that wrote it up this year and last year. So they had a 12 o'clock noon webinar where they had different speakers from different parts. Talk mm-hmm. about what they're doing. What was interesting okay. this year? They talked about the science, but a lot of it was talking about caregivers and different needs and uh, needs for information in the community. Mm-hmm. A lot of people aren't aware of, you know, you mentioned dementia, Alzheimer's. It isn't all Alzheimer's. It's different types mm-hmm. of dementias and the symptoms and things like that. And so, so, and there's a lot of um, McGill developed uh, e-learning. Um, modules and they talked about how they're putting those together. And those will be available around the world too in different languages. So it was it was a whole mix of all kinds of different people involved, patients and caregivers and medical people and community people. It was very good. It was good. The, like you like you just said about the link, I really recommend people to get it, mm-hmm. uh, download it. And there's all kinds of different sections. There's got to be something there that will interest somebody. It's yeah. amazing the amount of input that's put into this. So, yeah, they know, really do a, a nice do. job. They really, really yeah. do a nice job with their report. And, I mean, it's yeah. it's, it's yeah. typically, you know, a couple hundred pages. Um, but they also have oh, a yeah. summary that you can read. And then I, I believe yeah. last year they had an audio. I actually haven't gotten to the site myself. Um just been too mm. busy. But um planning on getting there. And I know um, many people are pushing it out through social media as well but again it's alzint.org to get to that well thank you bill um i also want to go ahead and i'll let you know i'll find out and let you know if they have the audio video whatever it is of the 12 o'clock one which is also by the guys who did the report okay uh, different people involved so if they do, that's also available, too. I'll, I'll get you the links and stuff. Okay. Yeah, and sometimes it takes a little bit of time for them to put a, put them up, but I'm sure that they'll be coming if they're not there um, already. It's but, a wealth of information. There's quite a wealth of information. Exactly. And I'll see my neurologist tomorrow, and he's a co-author, so I'll ask him. <laughs> well, tell him thank you is. from the rest of us yeah. for, for doing yeah. that. It's, it really is very meaningful and, and helps Fantastic. so many people worldwide. Great. Um, I also wanted to mention the um, Purple Angel program. For those of you that don't know, um, the Purple Angel was started by Norms McNamara and Jane Moore. And it's it's a beautiful purple angel with a globe. And basically it was started just to build awareness. I don't even know how many countries and ambassadors there are anymore because it's just taken off so much. But you can go to purpleangel-global.com to get specific information there. Um, Norms has been living with Louis Body for years now. 
And he has been huge at getting MP3s into um, the ambulance and, and into uh, communities so that people can have their own playlists to calm them down. Um, they have the Purple Angel symbols over in UK on buses and trash trucks. I mean, they are leaps and bounds ahead of us here as far as awareness goes on multiple levels, if you ask me. And then um, Jennifer Bolton just did a whole Purple Angel album, too, and I'm hoping to have her on the show with us. Um, we just haven't been able to coordinate our our schedules quite yet. Um, but uh, a lot of the songs, you know, she has written, Norms has written some. It, it's just pretty, pretty fabulous with all of that. So that's kind of fun. I also wanted to mention that if you have not checked out Dementia Map yet, uh, you're going to want to do that. Not only is it a resource directory that has like 150 different categories that you can search, but it also a calendar of events on it. And so I'm just thinking for the ladies that called in, um, if they are a, a pro or featured members, uh, they can put all of their, uh, their classes and stuff in on the calendar. Um, free members, you can get into the resource directory itself. You can write an article, but it, those enhanced members, those pro and featured can um, submit as many um, courses and events to the calendar as they'd like to do, as well as getting some banner ads and social prompts and things. But I'm just looking at the calendar here. So uh, we just, just the other day it ended, but uh, Dementia Action Alliance um, just had their uh, annual conference. They didn't have it during COVID, um, but that was really about living well with dementia. And that was that was just over. But Tipa Snow has quite a few um, programs here, many of which are free. I see there's a Louis Body Walk. Um, here's a light club on September 28th. Again, that's through Lorenzo's house. And so that is, uh, it says the Lighthouse, uh, the Light Club is a free virtual hangout for the youth of a, of a parent living with young onset. And so, you know, again, that is monitored and, and they just do such a great job supporting, supporting uh, our children and our young adults uh, through these programs and stuff. DAA uh, also has a bunch of different programs out there from uh, caregiver support groups to um, dementia discussions and the list kind of goes on and on. I see other um, shows on here. So here's the amazing Zoe and Grandma's Memory Box. Um, there, you know, and you can just click on these things. You can play bingo. Um, there's symposiums. It, it's just kind of endless. Everything, everything is game, you know, on the calendar as long as it's dementia or caregiving related, and um, you know, it can be it can be free or it can be for a fee, and it can be anywhere in the world. You know, we we would like to see this book up more and more, so it's easier for people to find uh, various um, various events. Uh, and to help companies reduce their budgets too, you know everybody's trying to find each other, and so we're hoping that we can we can help with that. Also on Dementia Map, there's a glossary of terms, and there's a blog with lots of great articles in here as well. So 
um, please don't hesitate to, to check that out um, either. Again, if you are listening live, you can call into 323-870-4602. That's 323-870-4602. And we just had somebody pop on and then they popped off again. So I'm going to kind of fill some air a little bit more here. Um, I will just mention Alzheimer's Speaks. We have, again, our free educational um, resource area, and there, there's so much great information. So if you are thinking about starting a memory cafe, there's wonderful information there. You can also get to the memory cafe directory there that has, uh, when I talked with Dave last, um, he has memory cafes listed for five different countries, and I think he's over 1,200. Some are virtual, some are in person. So, for example, I do a virtual cafe, which anybody in the world can attend. I'm located here in Minnesota, and we meet on the second and the fourth Tuesday. Or, I'm sorry, no, we don't. We meet on the second and the fourth Wednesday of each month at 1 p.m. Central. But, I mean, we even have people from New Jersey and, and even over in Belgium that join us. So the virtual really kind of opens the door for people to be being able to connect um, we also have a poetry section, which people have really enjoyed a lot. Um, people can submit their poems for other people to be able to, to read and share, um, but people have enjoyed that um, tremendously. Uh, you can find out maybe you're interested in doing a dementia-friendly community. I had the honors of working with the Lutheran Home Association, and we launched the very first one in the U.S. in Wisconsin. And so we have all kinds of information for you there on how do you set it up and what does that even mean and how do you get started. And, of course, you can always reach out to me on that. And I would love to invite people living with dementia to um, reach out to me if they are interested in joining Dementia Chats, which, again, is where we have a conversation. And we usually get together um, once a month for that. I can get you details on that. Or Dementia in the Arts. Um, if you do any type of art and would like to share that, uh, please reach out to me on that as well. So, um, yeah, it's exciting times. Uh, in dementia, I would like to say, uh, even though yesterday was World Alzheimer's Day, and I did kind of a meme on this, is, you know, when you're dealing with any form of dementia, every day is, is World Dementia Day. I mean, it does not go away. It's on your mind all the time, and you are living, loving, and adapting, you know, through that process. And so we just encourage you to help raise the voice um, and the needs of others out there on this journey. You know, don't be afraid to have have a conversation. I see Sue's still on the line. I'm going to pull her back in in just a second here. Sue, you still there? I sure am. Oh, you've given great information, Lori. This is wonderful. Oh, good. I am going to sneeze quick, but I want to ask you first, <laughs> first quick if there was anything else you'd like to add. You were talking about the the World Alzheimer's Report, and I I uh, I've read through the 2021 and you know the 2022 coming out and all the things that we're doing. Anything that we can be doing to raise the awareness 
is so special, and I'm really glad that I found that report to have statistics and facts that are very well researched, and they help us really get an, an insight into the magnitude of the impact of just just Alzheimer's. I mean, when we look at, you know, all the different types of dementias that there are, and we look at all the different kinds of caregiving, and they, they talk about there's a global pandemic in it, this report is something that really helps us put into perspective what the magnitude of it is and how it impacts every area in our economy, and it's going to even more, especially, Lori, and I'm sure you see this a lot, Seniors and the seniors, you know, for the next few years, they're living longer and they didn't really necessarily plan for the fact that their expenses are going to be so much higher. And that's impacting younger family members who are looking at saving for their retirement. That is very true. Very true. And I don't know about you, and and I don't know if this was mentioned in the report because, again, I haven't read it yet. But I was just talking with another colleague today, and we were both feeling like in some ways during the pandemic, um, we went backwards in terms of services that were being provided. I know some were tweaked and added and, and enhanced things, but there was there was just so many services that went out of business and haven't come back. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's interesting. It was in our community, we're, we were finding it, and I certainly don't know about this globally, we're also finding it in child care. Mm-hmm. And so when you have a family member and they're trying to provide care for a loved one, and those locations have closed, as well as some of the places where they had the individual care really struggled because during the pandemic, there were people were hesitant to bring people into the home or the people who came into the home, if they got COVID, there were issues. And so you you've got pressures as a as a family member at both ends through the pandemic, and now these businesses haven't been able to to really in some cases reopen. Mhm. Yeah. Well, and when you mention the whole the whole daycare thing, that's huge in terms of workforce. I mean, if you don't have a safe place for your kids, you can't really leave. And right. you know we're st- we're still seeing the staff shortages. I know they're not talked about near as much, but they are still out there. And in in my opinion, in many situations, are pretty severe um, in comparison to what we would like. And uh, I know there are companies that <clears throat> are saying they're full, but they're not. They're just not filling a wing because they don't have the staff, you know, to be able to fill. Or it's taking a little bit longer to get that staff, uh, like with home care, sometimes it can be um, a few weeks before you can get started because they have to hire somebody um, to fill the Well, spot. and the other side of that is that so many people left health care as a profession during the mm-hmm. pandemic. They just got so burned out, there was nothing left. And so you have, you've got a smaller pool of professionals to to get from. And now as we're shifting into the number of people who are going to be over the age of 65, that's reducing the the non-professional caregiving pool that's available Mm -hmm. for people who are going to be needing caregiving as well, whether Mm -hmm. that's family or professional. So we're, we're going to be continuing to have escalating issues 
of finding caregiving resources. Exactly, exactly. And so it's it's even more critical uh, to have companies like yours out there training and coaching, you know, people, and, and same with uh, Ernie's uh, group too. It's just, it's a, we, we need more hands on deck, um, you know, because of this, we just don't have as much support as we used to. And I'm not feeling overconfident that that's going to change in the near future. I, w- I would like to see that happen. Um, but boy, uh, but I've been saying that since I got into this in 2009, I feel like we're, we're moving at a snail's yeah. pace. And though I know we've made big strides, we still have so far to go in my personal opinion, <laughs> you know, with how we care and, and how we even handle conversations about it, uh, in terms of moving things forward. So, um, <clears throat> One thing I wanted to ask too, you know, we I'm I'm very much focused on care, but of course care is out there, and we have a lot of different trials that that um, we need people to fill in order to see if we can, you know, move those those drugs forward, you know, if they are are safe and healthy uh, for people. But have you heard much with you know kind of the calamity of of things happening with drug approvals and and just trust in the industry that the drugs are safe or that data is not manipulated. I know here in Minnesota, you know, there are uh, comments that uh, the data was manipulated in terms of of uh, what what has really been done, and it's old data, which has driven a lot of other trials and stuff. Are you hearing people being frustrated about that or having concerns, or they're really not talking about it? I have, actually. It? Yeah, you know, it's, it's interesting. I've heard that, and I've also heard, and I am certainly not a voice of knowing anything I'm about to say from anything that you could take to the bank or anything like that. So I'm saying of things that I've heard – it, it seems like there there have been there has been some medications that have been shown to make an impact, and yet the, the challenges for getting them approved come from um, let me think of a tactful way of distribution sources resisting them because they're making more money in other ways. So you know <laughs> what I struggle with is while this is a a, a diagnosis, as there are many, where we're we're seeking anything that can provide a solution. Mm-hmm. What we really would benefit from is not having resistance. Um, mm-hmm. I I also have heard there was a, a drug, and I don't remember the name of it now, that was highly touted as making an impact, and yet when they took the trial to the next level, it it actually went backwards. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, it, it seems like there are some things that you know one step forward and two steps back. Uh, what I wish is that everybody could be working together to bring things moving forward. Yeah. And I also, the, the part of the challenge I have is that there are other countries in the world who have brought medications out that are seeming to make an impact that we don't have access to because they haven't been approved. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's really interesting, and I would I would love to see prescriptions for non pharma stuff, like music that has a proven track record, you know, that is pretty significantly high to 
calm somebody down and do different things. It doesn't work for everybody, but the percentage out there is pretty high. Um, you know, the yeah, Lori, that's a great idea. Um, yeah, to have because, that as a prescription that you could get and get it reimbursed. Yeah, I mean, because of an iPad versus uh, that you could use forever and just upload music to would be fantastic compared to fighting with somebody taking a pill that you're not really sure if it's working or not. I know when, you know, my mom was on Aricep for a long, long time, and we, as she progressed, the conversation came up, should we take her off it or not? And, you know, they said, well, we're really not going to know how well it worked until we take her off. And then if we take her off, put her back on because we found it was helping. She was never going to be back where she was. And so we just remained on the drug. And so, you know, that makes things complicated and and people have to choose, you know, with those types of things because you want to preserve as much of the person and their abilities as you can. Um, Bill, do you have any thoughts on this? I'm going to pull you into the conversation. Yeah, I have a question. You mentioned there's countries that have medications that the United States doesn't have. It's quite the opposite. America came up with the Biogen drug, which the European community would not market, Canada mm-hmm. would not market, because the proof wasn't there that it worked. Mm-hmm. And now it's being taken off the market. Nine out of ten of the FDA external uh, advisors voted against marketing, bringing it to market. Only one abstained. Three of them mm-hmm. quit because yeah. they said, this is not science. This is uh, marketing. So if mm-hmm. anything, uh, you know, it's, it's the FDA is being way too loose letting things out. I know everybody wants hope and everybody wants promise, but don't put out things that don't work. You're just mm-hmm. going to make it worse in the longer term, and that's the thing we have to watch out for. But there's no other drugs, pharmaceutical drugs, that any other country has that, no, that the United States doesn't have. I'm sorry, but it's, it doesn't yeah. exist. My my understanding was that that in some cases they were a little looser than what we are, um, but again no. I don't don't count on my word on that one. Um, no, the, so the, you, there aren't any there aren't any there aren't any dementia drugs that have been mm-hmm. developed for the past thirty years. The last mm-hmm. one was uh, I think it was uh, galantamine or maybe Exelon, the patch. That's thirty mm-hmm. years. That's a long time. Why? Because Pharma companies, research people outside of pharma didn't go into this area. Pharmaceutical companies and researchers traditionally go for the lowest hanging fruit, which is mm-hmm. just a term in the pharmaceutical industry. Lots of people have heart problems, all kinds of other problems, and it was easy to find molecules to take care of them because they don't have to go through the blood-brain barrier. And there wasn't much of an audience for people with dementia. Now that everybody's surviving, of you don't even get heart surgery anymore. You get stents put in. Um, people are living longer, so suddenly dementia is popping up. Not that people are catching it, it's just that we're living long enough to actually get it. And now, now they're starting to pay attention to it. Now, Bill, didn't you kind of work in pharma and data research yeah. back in the day? Yeah, for about, okay. for about 35, 35 years. Okay. I can tell yeah. just by the yeah. tone of your voice, yeah. you know, the, yeah. in, in terms of um, kind of the purpose and the passion and stuff. Yeah, there, there, um, there, there is no – and the other thing, is, it's like people talk about the pharma industry and say, you know, they really have secretly a cure for cancer and they're keeping it to themselves because they're making money at other places. That's a bunch of hooey. If you know anybody that's doing R&D at the government level, university level, anywhere, these guys – you can't keep something like that quiet. These guys can't 
stop talking. Their lawyers are all over them all the time. <laughs> way too much information. Really, I, I've been to many conferences and I have many friends around the world. Uh, you know, the lawyers, like the guy will do a presentation this month after the lawyer has gone through it with a fine tooth comb. Three months later, he'll go to do it again. The guy said, no, you can't do that. <laughs> but then they'll sit and have supper with each other and tell each other, it's just silly science. It's not something to keep quiet. But but well, there's, no other, there's no other dimen- there, there's no dementia <clears throat> drugs unfortunately and the ones that they have out the three the three biggies uh, like you mentioned Aricept and uh, their colonesterase inhibitors uh, these do not cure dementia they slow down the co- cognitive decline mm-hmm. so yeah. it's it's not not even close to you know and the whole thing of running after the amyloid plaque and that's what Biogen did. They've been running after amyloid plaque for 30, 40 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's, that's, that's after the fact. It's kind of like coming out with something that will stop your rash. Well, let's figure out why you have a rash. So well, that's, <clears throat> they ran down that bandwagon. And uh, guess what? Drugs off the market now because mm-hmm. nobody wanted to take a chance on it. FDA approved it. Everybody else said, don't approve it. They approved it. But, yeah. Well, know, it was very be, controversial. Uh, yeah, part of the problem, too, is in any research, you'll find in any area of research, it's sort of a, I call an old boys network, not that they're all boys. But if we're all big and looking at one thing, we're only going to pick other people to fund that are looking at the same thing. Mm-hmm. So we all hang around the same fishing spot. So okay. you, you need to expand that and you need to look at what's causing it, not what the symptoms are. Okay. So, well, anyway, thanks, Bill. Um. So, Sue, you know, you had mentioned that you thought that you had heard that there were some other drugs in other countries. Do you remember what they were? I mean, I know they were doing like, uh, uh, oh, now I'm going to go brain dead. Um, uh, They had like vibration stuff that they were using before we were in terms of in trials and things like that. And they seem to be on kind of a wider path of looking at what, what are possibilities? Um, do you remember any specifics at all that stand out to you? And we won't hold you to it because, I mean, I'm a non-medical person and I'm not a researcher either. Um, but I, but you hear things, um, and it's it's hard to always fact check, especially in the the era that we live in today. It is, and I was trying to look at it. It was in two different <laughs> phone conversations I had with someone who lives in Europe. And mm-hmm. that their their dad had been diagnosed with Alzheimer's degree, disease, and they had gotten some medications that um, seemed to have have reduced the. the I mean, it, the, she she was saying that the MRIs and everything and the, the scans were looking significantly different. But I don't remember. I did not write down what it was. She said that that the 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 differences. There were some differences that they had in taking medications and being able to get them um, out to people to be trying. But I also respect the FDA. So, you know, I think the number one thing is it, I, the point I was trying to make was less about something specific, but more about we have so many people looking at this. You know, let's have, a you know, the, the global view of it where everybody is supporting everybody. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, I, there was a – it was actually a St. Jude's commercial I heard the other day, and they were talking about, you know, we've, they've been identifying some cures for cancer, and they said, you know what, we, well, we care less about 
where the cure for cancer comes, but that it does come, and the more that we can work with other organizations. So I think that's kind of where it is, is that you have people who've been who've got different perspectives, have been raised differently, who have different access to, like, natural things um, that seem to be making a difference as well. So I think that's more of what it is, is that is, um, other countries in the world have taken a different approach than we perhaps have. Mm-hmm. Um, to finding solutions, and they seem to be making a difference. And it would be great if we were all working together on it. Yeah, well, and, and the cost gets so prohibitive, too. One thing I'm just going to plug, and I, I saw this on TV on, on uh, Shark Tank with Mark Cuban, but he, one of the partners that he uh, worked with is called Cost Plus Drug Company, and yes. they the the cost difference. I mean, you just there's one on here. It's fourteen forty, where the retail price is over twenty five hundred. You know, another one's thirty three. That was uh, you know four hundred and thirty seven dollars. And then you've got other ones where it's three ninety nine, where it was twenty two. You know, more affordable and stuff. But I, you know, if if, if people can look at something like that, I mean, that is just craziness. And they they have just a very simple formula in terms of the manufacturer's price, and they do a a fifteen percent markup, and then they put in three dollars for labor. And um, depending on on shipping, there might be a five dollar cost, but I mean it's pretty pretty minimal. And um, you know I would just urge people to check that out because I know budgets are tight, but. I, I just want to thank, thank you everybody. For sharing that. That's really great. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. Well, it's 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 neat to see, you know, the process and how people are are working together just to make life easier for everybody because I know our our costs are quite a bit higher than than so many others when it comes to prescription costs and things. Um you know, now if they can do that to our food system, then it's gotten so high <laughs> and gas prices and things. Uh, but I do want to just, uh, again, shout out to everybody. Uh, thank you for joining us for Open Mic today. Um, Bill and uh, Sue, thanks for calling in. And um, and same with our other, other callers. A couple of them dropped off and did not come, come back on. So, uh, yeah, we'll do this again. I want to do this at least quarterly. And um, in the meantime, feel free to check out alzheimerspeaks.com and check out our free resources that we have there. You can also go to um, sueryan.solutions or email her at sue at sueryansolutions. And um, you can also look up Memory Matters uh, for those classes that we talked about earlier too. And Bill, again, thank you for participating and sharing your story with us. I wish you all the best and we will talk soon. Bye now. Lori, thank you very much, Lori. Thank you. Bye. It's time to rethink, renew, and reimagine retirement. Hey everybody, Jared Sebesta here, host of Retire Repurposed. Now, this podcast is about the non-financial parts of retirement, which many times can be even more challenging than the financial. We believe retirement is not the end, rather the beginning of what could be the most impactful, purposeful, and fulfilling season of a person's life. So don't retire, become repurposed. To listen now, search Retire Repurposed on your favorite podcast platform, Senior Resource, or Life Audio.